My name is Bonnie Landry. I'd like to welcome you to my podcast with my co-hosts, Elizabeth and Christina, where we explore the questions about homeschooling and family life and how we can make joy normal. So I understand you have a selection of questions. Should we just start rolling through them? These are going to sound familiar. I feel like every question we ask and talk about is always relevant. Right. But I I think I'm going to just approach it differently. Okay. So the first one I've been wondering about is the mom guilt as it pertains to other moms doing better at homeschooling. Right. So I know we've talked about like hiring out, you know, for help and stuff, but even that still leaves... I think this, oh, but that mom can do it. Why can't I? You know, I'm I'm not great at art. I'm not great at science yeah. experiments. And then also sometimes my kids just aren't interested in going deeper into a history dive, right? So I feel like a lot of the days it's just really kind of doing the bare minimum. Not because that's what I want, but that's where mm-hmm. my kids are at. They just want to get it over with and go play. Yeah. And I mean, they're still very young. Getting it over with and (laughs) going and playing is perfectly fine. You know, and nice that they can do that. We have this tendency to line ourselves up with other moms. As I mean, I think it's kind of a human condition to do that. I think that ultimately we have to train ourselves to get out of that mindset, Right. right? That what is the next person doing? What can we do? What can we do to get ourselves out of that mindset? Because, you know, easy said. (laughs) So maybe that's a matter of, you know, every morning or every night or both kind of taking stock of our gifts and what we did get done rather than what we didn't get done. Because I think that's where we we tend to look at the negative. You know, what did I not accomplish? What did I fall short on? What did I not tick off my list? And I think that it's important for us to to actually look at the positive things, right? So that's one thing. I think that I think that with phones now, clicking everything your kids do, like having a sort of visual record of everything your kids do, like if even if you sometimes it's hard to actually get to your notebook or your planner or whatever and write it down. I think you probably know this, but I've got these PDFs on my website that are like planning pages. And the idea is that it's a two page spread and it's a, it's um covers a week, but the idea is that you can write things down in point mm-hmm. form. So I have all the kind of subject areas and, you know, areas of interest written down on those pages. But the idea is that you write it down in point form because that's what worked for me at the time. You know, we didn't have the clicky phones at the time. So being able to just write down a one word, what we did for math, what book we read, what we saw when we walked outside or whatever, that we, we need to have some right. kind of a record. So whether that's verbal, whether it's, you take a picture of it, whether you write yourself a note on your phone, those are the best ways that we can keep it in mind that we're actually doing a really good job. I think the other part of that, of staying focused on what you did and not what you didn't do, is simply counting your blessings. And I think sometimes we we actually need to do that. I think we should do it daily, that we say, okay, what am I good at? What do I consistently get done? Am I consistently happy with the kids? Am I consistently using a nice tone of voice with them? Am I consistently getting their dictation done or or making sure that the house stays tidy so that we don't all get dragged down into sort of the chaos of disorder that affects our moods or whatever? What am I good at? 
What am I consistently doing? And what are my kids doing? What are the blessings that I have in my kids? They're cheerful. They're willing to do their work. They're, they're quick at it. They're compliant with the things that I ask them to do. Beyond that, we have to just look at the big overarching blessings that we have of children, right? Children are a gift from God. And so we can't kind of ignore that that's, that has to be acknowledged every day. The gifts that we have both in our kids, in our spouse and in ourselves. And I think that recognizing the blessings and the things we do well are going to be a really good way of keeping ourselves kind of on track and not getting sucked down the, what do you have um, that I don't have? Another thing too, is that when we, last year at Lent, I think I might've talked about this in a previous episode, but I'm going to say it again, because it's worth it. Last year during Lent, I was really making a real intentional practice of Whenever I felt any kind of angst or frustration or annoyance or whatever, any kind of negative emotion creep into my thoughts, that I would say, actually, Jesus, I'm going to need you to hold this one. I'm just going to give this to you because uh, I'm too busy. <laughs> I don't want to go down that road. And so if you can just take that, it was a, actually a really life-changing thing to do. And then at some point I realized, oh, you know what? I should actually be giving them all the good stuff too. You know, I'm really happy right now. I'm really excited that the kids accomplished this thing. I'm, I'm, you know, able to keep my mood good. So all the, all the good parts of my day, not just the negative parts. Jesus, this is yours. And, and thank you for that. Right. I'm just going to give this to you. I'm going to give the hard stuff. I'm going to give. And that offloading was, was literally life changing because I'm still feeling that it was a practice I really made intentional for Lent. But I'm still feeling the benefits of it that I, I developed a habit over those 40 days of just saying, actually, no, I'm not going to go there. And not to say in that time, I haven't had the odd day here and there where I've been really sucked down into my own sorrow or my own angst or whatever. You know, sometimes we can do that. But then as soon as we recognize where we are, then we need to say, okay, wait a minute. You, it, this is actually yours. I know that you want to take this, right? Because it's all gift to him. It's all gift. One of the things when you were talking about, you know, what are you grateful for and, and, you know, kind of reflecting on, on your kids and, you know, it made me think of, um, Suzanne Billadou from Latte and Laundry. She, if anybody listens to their podcast, it's excellent. Um, but one thing that she mentioned, ah, I don't even know when, but it is stuck with me. And she said that we need to breathe life, not death into our children. And that is something I reflect on daily. And I struggle with it so much at times, especially I was just sick last week and my patience was so thin. It has never been so thin before. <laughs> I know I had days where I was not breathing life into my children, but it's it, that that phrasing is so good and such an mm. easy, tangible thing to reflect over. It actually sends chills down my spine to, th to think that thought, right? It's beautiful. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, Suzanne. <laughs> for those, that, those reflexive words. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that when you, were, when you were speaking on that. Because you're right. If we can just look back on our day and see, okay, yeah, so we didn't do an awesome science experiment. But we sat together and we read a book. I snuggled with my mm -hmm. kids or so there's always something that you can mm -hmm. there's always something but it's a training process you know it's a real training process to train our brains to not do this and do this instead and I think most of us sort of as adults we we just kind of look around us and we 
we just look at our failure and that's that's a harsh that's harsh that's harsh judgment nobody else judges you as hard as you judge you right 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 yeah I feel like I'm always harsher on myself as it pertains to my kids, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I yelled at them today and then I just eat myself up over it, you know, Mm -hmm. because it's like, I did that. I, you know, hurt them with words because I was frustrated. It's not their fault, you know? Yeah. So that actually leads to a really good topic. Okay. How, how do we fill our child's cups when, for those of us who have so many kids and so many responsibilities, I feel like I'm constantly neglecting one of them. It's like, why, why is that child acting out? Oh, because that's the middle child and they're not getting the attention they deserve. How can you evenly split up the time? Right. You know, especially when you've got, you know, maybe infants that need you know, 90% of mom, I just feel like all the time, I'm always failing one of my kids, Mm -hmm. right? There's always one that needs me, and I am not giving enough of me to them. Well, important to note that we can't be enough for our kids. That's not possible. And so we need grace to fill in the cracks, right? (laughs) So it's not possible to be (laughs) enough. That said, how do we be as much as we can be, right? And there's we we definitely have seasons where we can be more or less for our kids. And and having a baby obviously is one of the one of the seasons, but there are many things that can create the seasons of of being less uh, available to one or another of our kids. One of the things that Albert and I used to do was we would try if we were going somewhere to take one of the kids with us. And especially when we had just young kids, you know, maybe our oldest was 10 or 12 or whatever, that that Mm -hmm. even though you just crave being alone so much... The fruit of taking one of them with us just was such a, there was such a big payoff in that. Right. (laughs) Even if I was just running to the mail or running to the grocery store or whatever, just especially the one who was maybe you felt like you weren't giving enough time to, and it doesn't have to be a big serious talk or anything like that, but just like... Hey, you want to jump in the car with me? Uh, I'm going to drive to such and such. We'll go, we'll go get a donut or something like that. So that you can make little moments that aren't adding anything to your life. You know, because when we have a big family, the reality is like doing a weekly date with one of our kids, probably not realistic. You don't have the extra five hours in a day to date each of your kids. It's a nice idea, but can we work those things in without adding more to do in our life? So, So let's move along with how we can insert them into the moments of our day. So, so where are some times that you can do that? Is it while you're cutting up vegetables, you know, when you're preparing for dinner? Is it going for the little drive to the grocery store? Is it walking to the mailbox? You know, sometimes we have to just insert them into our day, right? And you could say, like, if they're younger, you could say something like, hey, I'm just chopping some vegetables for dinner. Do you want me to tell you a story? We're tired. I just had an interesting interview that I don't know if you listened to it. It's just the one that came out last Saturday. John Paul Meenan, one of the professors at the college in that, that my kids have gone to, we talked about discernment, right? How to discern decisions in your life, not vocational discernment, but how to just know what's the right thing to do next. You know, somehow we got on the topic of finding the the balance of virtue. We take any virtue and on either side of that virtue, there is a vice. The example that he uses is Mm -hmm. courage. So on one side of courage, we have, you know, timidity or cowardice. On the other side of courage, we might have recklessness. 
Okay. And so his question was, that was great, was where does courage, does it fall closer to cowardice or closer to recklessness? Of course, it's closer to recklessness, even maybe right on the edge of recklessness is where we find courage. We don't find it closer to cowardice. So it's not exactly in the middle of two extremes. But the other example that he used was generosity. On one side of generosity, we have sort of stinginess or small heartedness. On the other side of generosity, the vice that would be the extreme of generosity would be to be foolhardy. And where does generosity lie? And in a sense, it lies very close to to foolhardiness. So sometimes we have to take a look at that and say, maybe I have to be more generous than I think is possible or even appropriate or uh, reasonable. What have I got in me? And the thing is, when we when we are generous to a fault, we reap so much reward from that. Personally, we, I mean, we just feel good about what we've done, but also we've had an opportunity to fill somebody's tank and our tank in, in the process gets full as well. So we think it's going to be emptying ourselves, but in a way, kindness begets kindness. Kind, kindness begets feeling good about ourselves. Like all those things that we practice end up helping us feel better. There's this sort of very pragmatic point. Okay, where where do we find the time to spend with each of our children? The nursing babies, they're the last ones we have to worry about. We're spending boatloads of time. <laughs> and the kid who also seeks you out a lot. But it's the ones that are maybe quieter or the ones that are, you know, at an age that's less less demanding maybe or whatever. So maybe they're the ones we have to say, hey, hop in the car. I'm going for groceries. Being sensitive and aware of, of that, the opportunities you might have.